the Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Jurassic Rewind. That's right, folks. We're talking all of the Jurassic Park films tonight. I'm your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda! Hey! And the wild, the elusive Jekka! What's taking bacon? Hey, folks! Obviously, we're talking all the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World films tonight to prepare ourselves for Jurassic World Dominion right around the corner, but we're talking a whole lot more to include the full trailer for Season 3 of The Boys has been released. A ton of new details have come out about some future Star Wars projects, and Marvel is bringing back Daredevil to Disney Plus and a whole lot more, so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week, and if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 nerd XP to Nerd XP! We love you guys! And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning Nerd XP. Nerd XP! <clears throat> but in the meantime, <laughs> Jack, what's nerdy with you? Um, besides, besides choking. <laughs> choking on my ice cream. Um, so I, I watched Star Trek, or Picard Season 2. Finished it, huh? I did. And okay. yeah, I'm like very sad that I didn't finish it. <laughs> when we talked about it because oh man i like watched it in like three days it's (laughs) so good isn't it it was so good i really liked it and yeah i um you're right austin like it definitely felt more like a movie um Uh the slow bits were like his whole like trying to figure out what happened to him as a child yeah. The childhood parts could have totally been scared. Yeah, they could have wrapped up all that in like five minutes with in a movie. <laughs> yeah. It could have been shorter, that's for sure. But even then, like, I didn't find it as much. But, man, that was crazy. And, um, oh, yeah. Um, Agnes becoming the Borg Queen. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> that was wild. I was like, what a crazy oh, yeah. thing. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, spoiler alert, um, Agnes becoming the Borg Queen and then them joining the Federation. I was like, my little tricky brain was going haywire. Like, I was going so crazy. Yeah. That was way good. I, I, I talked to my mom yesterday, who's, she's the main tricky fan. Uh-huh. Um, and I told her, I was like, mom, you got to watch season two. And she's like, really? And I'm like, mom, it's way better than season one. You yes. got to watch it. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, it's way good. I was like, you gotta watch it. But yeah, that did, was. Did was she get sick. turned off by season one? She was like, eh, it was okay, kind of thing. So I think she's just been doing busy, like running around. I mean, uh-huh. she's been helping out my grandparents. Um, we found out that <laughs> they're a little behind on their taxes, and by Uh-oh. a little, I mean like a couple years behind a little t- on their taxes. So yeah. she's been helping them out a lot with that. So she hasn't really had any downtime. <gasps> Brady! Brady's here! Yo, Coso! So, I have to mention something. Since you saw the end of Picard Season 2, I don't know if Brady has, but I'm going to spoil it anyway, because whatever at this point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
But Will Wheaton, there was a big protest mm. that season three had all the next gen actors coming back except Will Wheaton because they didn't want to spoil season two's ending. They didn't announce it. I don't think they've announced him yet for it, but do you think he's going to be in season three? I I think he will. Like, because Soji, or like, you know, Corey and Soji, like they've become, the actress has become a big integral part to the storyline. Mm-hmm. So I think they will bring them back. Because yeah, Will Wheaton, like, or Wesley Crusher, you know, like he he yeah. was he's one of the main people with the Star Trek crew, even though if he was like in and out, you know, but I would imagine they would bring him back. I would want to see him for sure. And it's Will Wheaton too, like, uh, he's a he's like awesome. So yeah. Yeah. And then other than that, I've been really enjoying having no classes to worry about and oh we lost brady (laughs) keep going he's having having Um, some technical difficulties so i've been able to like actually sit down and read and i'm i'm so i'm reading working on the dune series and i'm on children of dune which is the third one and i was able to read a whole bunch today and yesterday and it's been so wonderful although of course this book is making me very angry because of the choices of one of the characters and a villain coming back. And I was just like, are you kidding me? This is wild stuff. Unpleased, but still reading it. Because, you know, yeah, I like a good villain. So there we go. All right, Brady, what's nerdy with you? Uh, you know, it was going to be a big camping weekend. Packed mm. up the boys. I got a brand new tent. We were going to go down around Houston, right outside of Navasota to a Boy Scout ranch. We were going to do some shooting. Uh rifles and shotguns and and archery and yeah i got about 90 miles from home and i got a big red light on the dashboard of my truck my turbo i drive a diesel so the turbo uh, went out on it well i think it's software actually but i ended up shifting the kids into the other cars and uh limping home i stayed overnight there in corsicana and limped on home after that but uh but yeah so uh i didn't do a whole lot of anything this weekend getting ready for the next camp out though where we get to tour a nuclear power plant which what? i'm pretty excited about how'd, yeah how do you how do you set that up so we're well we're the scouts they get you know the, a lot of places give scouts access so what we're going to do is we're going to dinosaur valley park um in uh down, down around Glen Rose, texas and you know there's some fossilized footprints and stuff i've been there before it's a great place to camp But on that Saturday, what we're going to do is we're going to go over to Comanche Peak Nuclear Power Plant, and we're going to get to tour that. So pretty excited about it. I was debating on going or not because it's going to be camping in June in Texas right on the river. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's no bueno. mosquito heaven. It is. He just sweat and stings the whole time. But the the proposition of going into Comanche Peak is – it's a little too much to pass up, so I think we'll probably end up going on that. Oh, very cool. Very cool. That is super cool. All right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? So I've come to the debate. I sat down with my kids because taking my entire family to the movie theater for every new nerdy thing is just a little too much with six of us and made them prioritize what we're going to talk about prioritizing which movies we want to see in the theater. And it kind of makes me feel bad. Okay. (laughs) Because I want to support movies in the movie theater, 
but it's become so cost prohibitive. Well, see, we're not ending yet. <laughs> Continue. Um, just to, to go to all the movies I want to see with my family. Yeah. Yeah, it is expensive. It is expensive. To go. Um, but I was also reading um, a news article talking about how there are certain movies that might not be made available. Like it, it, they might not be going to the movies anymore because um, uh, let's see, there's um, the Nicolas Cage movie. I really oh, wanted to go uh, see that. Hey, we something got about. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. we got everybody now. All right. Okay. But we'll uh, start recording. The unbearable weight of some uh, yes. massive talent. Anyway, yeah. that movie has not made its budget yet. Oh wow! And if they're really concerned because a number of movies have not made their budgets yet, that normally would have brought people in before the pandemic. And how is this going to change? what goes to the movie theater and what doesn't. Cause the only thing that's bringing people to the movie theaters are tentpole movies that are Marvel movies, sequel movies. Yeah. Well, and that Nicolas Cage movie has, I mean, it's 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. It looks solid. I want to see it so bad, but yeah, it looks fun. I still haven't been drawn to the movie theater. To see it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably what's like the big thing with the movie theaters is like, nerdy people like us we like being in the movie theaters but we're picky with our movies like i mean that's how i've always been i'm more inclined to see like a sci-fi adventure movie you know it's not just that it's the cost of going to the movies anymore it's just becoming it's becoming more of an event to go to the movie theaters than uh, oh hey let's just go to the movies just because of how much it costs Mm. Not for me. (laughs) It's still like the same as always. I'm like, hey, let's go see this movie. Mm -hmm. But I am single with roommates, so that's where we go. Bob, you got it. You got anything that's nerdy with you, buddy? Bob, what's nerdy with you, my man? I did it. I tried so hard. I tried so hard to like it, guys. I did. Okay. Watch the first 30 minutes of Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really wanted to like it. The graphics were amazing. Like when he's bouncing around, it looked really cool. But it feels like a six or a, a, a 16 year old fanboy wrote it. It was so hard. <laughs> So hard. Yeah, there was. Yeah, if we remember Austin Phillips. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, Jared Leto wasn't that bad. Everybody he made wasn't. fun. No, he was it was, in fact, Matt Smith was fantastic in it because I I love Matt Smith. Yeah. It was just the way they cut the movie together was jarring. It felt like it was they were forcing the story down your throat. It wasn't organic in any way. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like. You ruined a perfectly good movie because I love what they're doing with uh, the Spider-Man uh, universe, where they're just they're making all the all the villains have good backstories, and it's like that's awesome. But yeah. I'm like, why? Why did you have to destroy this so thoroughly? So I tried really hard to do that. Um, 
but I did that while I was downloading Star Citizen because it was free weekend this weekend, and I tried playing that, and that also bombed in my face because I hate the controls. <laughs> With a passion. The first oh, way to draw. I I'm trying. I tried so hard. I really wanted to like it because I uh, I have a couple friends who play it. Uh, Brady and I have a common friend who plays it uh, hardcore, and I see her streaming all the time. And I really wanted to get into it because I wanted to get back into flight sims. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going back to Lead Dangerous because there is no way I'm going to like playing playing the first person portion of this. And the graphics were jarring, and it was buggy as so I'll get out. I I was not happy. So I had a terrible Sunday morning. I, I watched Morbius and uh, part of Morbius and <laughs> I downloaded and promptly hated Star Citizen. Well, that stinks. Sorry, buddy. That's at, least, right. at least you did it on the free weekend. I spent 70 bucks to hate it. Ouch. Oh, what, you did? Really? I feel bad. All right. I got something. I got something I want to say. Okay. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming out. Around the corner, can't wait for it. So I, you know, I've just been playing around in my head of, you know, certain scenarios that could play out. Now I'm not. This is not a prediction. I'm not saying that this will happen in the Obi Wan Kenobi TV series, but I just, I just had a thought. I just had a thought. Maybe it'd be kind of cool. Maybe if if Vader does to Obi Wan. What Obi-Wan did to Anakin slash Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith on Mustafar. If Vader defeats Obi-Wan so bad that he leaves him to to sort of like die in the way that Obi-Wan thought he had uh, done to, to Anakin. It's almost like a I I you know got you back. Oh Brady's Brady's rolling his eyes. The, the You're projecting. The biggest important thing that Austin is forgetting here is Vader isn't really going to be part of uh, are, this what, this series. Like Amanda, he's going to have a minor role. You're you're delusional. <laughs> so Austin, you're delusional at this point. If you if you well, have already watched, established if you, this, if you Austin, have not this watched, is what's happening? I am like pulling my hair out because I do not understand. Like Meanwhile, you're only saying that you're only saying this to set anyway, me off. Meanwhile, strangers because you're ignoring every you're ignoring every fact, every every trailer, every interview. You're so ignoring awesome. everything. Coming. What you're saying is that you're hoping that uh, that Vader masters uh, like masters over um, Obi Wan, like Obi Wan did to Vader. No, no. I just, thought, I just, I just, thought, I thought it'd be interesting if uh, if Vader like beats Obi Wan so bad and just like leaves them to die in the same way that 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 Obi Wan did to him, and then Vader could say something. I will, uh, I, I will do to you what you did to me. I'll, I will leave you to die or something like that. I, I just don't see it happening because Anakin well, is never the master. It um, I'm just going to. This is not Anakin. Out. This is this is Vader. Um, He's Anakin. I, I just want to point out, my kids have just requested that the volume go down. They're worried you're going to have a heart attack. Quit, quit setting me off, Amanda. <laughs> Anyways, Obi Wan's right around the corner. And I look forward. So to it. is Stranger Things season four. Woo! I'm super excited for that. But we should move on. Okay, oh, I, okay. I, no, no. I want to be clear. 
We are. Everybody is going to watch Kenobi before, even before Stranger Things, right? Okay, I'm sorry, Austin. It'll be a matter of. Okay, let's go right into Nerd News before you can't say that. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring anyway. us this information. Ooh. All right, what is the Nerd News? That should be on your radar. Well, the first trailer for Marvel's She-Hulk has been released. That's right, Marvel has released the first trailer for its upcoming highly anticipated series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. This is a show that a lot of people have been excited about. Uh, the trailer features a ton of footage of Tatiana Maslany rocking her She-Hulk look. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, follows Jennifer Walters as she navigates the complicated life of a single 30-something attorney who also happens to be a green six-foot, seven-inch Super-powered Hulk, the nine-episode series, is described as an Ally McBeal-style legal comedy. She-Hulk, set to premiere on Disney Plus on August 17th. Let's take a listen to the trailer and talk about it after. Here we go. Being a superhero is a trial by fire. Who's going to protect the world if not people like you? Jennifer Walters. I'm a lawyer. I have great friends. Can we get some shots, please? It's an emergency. A demanding job. We just started a superhuman law division, and I want you to be the face of it. And a frustrating family. Because we didn't ask for this, but you still got to deal with it. Your transformations are triggered by anger and fear. Those are like the baseline of any woman just existing. Oh. Yes, no, no. I just want to be a normal, anonymous lawyer. Can you tell us where She-Hulk is? Jen, you're a story now. Girl, your ass looks crazy right now. You could be an Avenger. Oh, I'm not a superhero. That is for billionaires and narcissists and adult orphans for some reason. Is there anything more depressing than dating in your 30s? Yeah, this is the best date I've had in a while. Oh. Should we split some fries? Let's get those to go. What do you think, Bob? I am super excited. I I am loving how these uh, loving all these female leads coming out of the woodwork for uh, for Marvel in these past couple of phases, and how they're not making them cliche. I mean, this is legitimately a female-led show, and I really think that um, I really think taking the Hulk element without having her go full Hulk is going to be amazing, just like in the comic books. Man, I got to tell you, the only thing I could think of when I saw this trailer was, do you remember when the, the, the first Sonic trailer came out and all the fans revolted because of the the, the CGI on Sonic? Yeah. Um, that's all I could think of with She-Hulk. I mean, really? Tatiana Maslany, I mean, she's a superb actress. But the the CGI was just, it was, it was almost unsettling. It was... Hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, the facial CGI was just so it was weird. My issue is why does she become Hugh Hefner's ideal seven foot green bombshell when she's the Hulk? Well, it's kind of comic booky. I mean, she's not I, as big as the Hulk. She doesn't need to be as big as the Hulk, but why? They they literally comment about it in the trailer. What they say in the trailer? I missed it. I guess um, they comment on her butt. Oh, do they? They do. <laughs> <laughs> How did I miss that? Okay. And that was, uh, I I will admit, I'm really excited that they're ha- going to have an adult female in Marvel. They're adding a new, a, an adult female, whereas we're just getting like young girls, it feels like being added to Marvel. So it's nice that they're adding an adult, but why does it have to be so overly sexualized? I know they're basing it off the comics in a little bit, but why does it have to be so overly sexualized? I don't think it is. And, and the reason that I say that is um, there, Marvel has touched on that in, in the past, and they're nowhere near, none, nothing that they've done uh, since phase one is nowhere near pre-MCU. And what I'm talking about is um, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, uh, and yeah, Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Those two really set the upper limit for what could possibly be in the MCU and be overly sexualized. Well, so I don't I see guess, that happening here. I, I guess my problem really comes down to the body type. And mm-hmm. Hulk is all about muscle, and it doesn't feel like She Hulk is about muscle. It's about being toned and having that perfect body is as seven feet. Yeah. She looks like she's an angry model. Yes. <laughs> an angry yes. model. She has a model body. If she does not have that. a muscle body. If they wanted and that... Her, yeah. If they wanted to make her look muscly, Gina, or, yeah, Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Yeah. That's who they should have mimicked. Or and, like that. That's a muscular body. And it, that it is my problem. That's why I'm calling it overly sexualized because it is not a strong body they gave her. They gave her the bottle of a seven foot body of a seven foot model. Well, let's uh, let's see what happens with that. Given the fact that uh, Hulk has been to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Look at him in Avengers compared to um, Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. I mean, I guess I don't who know. knows what happens when uh, she gets royally pissed off at being objected to. <laughs> that would be interesting to watch. All right, we got a lot to cover, so we're moving along. The Umbrella Academy Season 3 full trailer has been released. Netflix has released the full trailer for the third season of the Umbrella Academy. And this season, the Umbrella Academy finds themselves facing off with their new counterparts, the Sparrow Academy. The official synopsis says, quote, the Umbrella Academy return home to the present, convinced they've prevented the initial apocalypse and fixed the timeline once and for all. But after a brief moment of celebration, they realize things aren't exactly how they left them. Enter the Sparrow Academy. Smart, stylish, and about as warm as a sea of icebergs, the Sparrow's immediately clashed with the Umbrellas in a violent face-off that turns out to be the least of everyone's concerns. Now, all they need to do is convince Dad's new and possibly better family to help them put right what their arrival made wrong. Will they find a way back to the 
pre-apocalyptic lives, or is this new world about to reveal more than just a hiccup in the timeline? The Umbrella Academy will be released on Netflix June 22nd, 2022. All right, here we go. Let's take a listen to the trailer. This isn't your home. What are you talking about? This is the Umbrella Academy. This is the Sparrow Academy. When we jumped here, we created a time paradox. Our little paradox brought forth a freaking Kugelblitz. What the hell is a Kugelblitz? Essentially, we're screwed. Everybody else can see Ben, right? Yeah, and he's a complete dickhead. They're all dickheads. Dickheads who can fight. Next person to say dickhead is getting a punch to the throat. Dickhead. 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 We caused a paradox, and that paradox is swallowing things. How long do we have? Four, maybe five days before the rest of existence is blitzed. Not to mention, we've been replaced by a bunch of blobs and cubes and birds and shit. Your team's good, but I don't think you're better than me. I ended the world twice. And you, you're just me and spandex. Dad didn't adopt us as babies, but those babies still existed here. So, if you ever see your other self... Kill them. Sleep with them. Avoid them. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh, come on, as if you wouldn't climb Luther Mountain. If I kill you, do we get our Ben back? What the hell did you just say? What are you, their mascot? More like their ringer. It's a ballroom blitz, Been looking for you. Spoiler alert. So, <laughs> so much going on there. I'm excited. I've I've really enjoyed Umbrella Academy, and I'm really glad that Five is still, like, acting in the role of trying to keep things together, and everyone's just going crazy. I, I just like that scene when they're at the diner. He's like, if you meet your other selves here, and they're like, oh, kill them, sleep with them. He's like, no, just leave them alone. <laughs> it's so funny. Can you... Can you explain in five sentences or less Umbrella Academy? So it's a group of superhero kids um, that were raised pretty much taken. So they stand apart because their mothers unexpectedly became pregnant with them and went to labor like no signs of pregnancy. Now they're pregnant. And this guy went around, adopted them all and trained them as superheroes. And pretty much the one... Oh, I'm spacing her name. I want to call her Ellen, and I'm not sure if that was Vanya. Ella. Elliot. Uh, the character name is Vanya. That's I think it. You're Vanya. Talking about, yeah, Elliot Page. That's it. Yeah. So Vanya, she has this power where she's like, she's pretty much has season one. She broke the moon and had it fall on the earth, and it destroyed the earth. Season two, she like started World War Three kind of thing. So she has this very cataclysmic power that pretty much she can destroy the world if it gets out of hand. So I'm like curious to see if that's going to happen again in this season. Because <laughs> it happened with the last two. So, yeah. I hope that was not 
five sentences, but there you go. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But yeah. it makes sense. Bunch of superhero kids don't know how to control their powers and their... They, they actually do. They train to learn their powers. He's the only um, one that hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I like about this trailer is it looked like they still got the lightning in a bottle. Um, you know, and specifically that scene where they talked about running into their other selves. Um, not only did they all respond real quick, but all true to form, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, they, it was, they're, they're very distinct personalities and they all res re responded true to form. But, um, you know, it's almost whimsical a lot of, in a lot of ways, but it's also pretty heavy at times. And I think that, um, I think this, this trailer gives me um, makes me pretty optimistic that they've kept the the feel of the show and maybe the extra time surrounding the pandemic allowed for more development there. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited about it too. So Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong. So we've seen season one. You have seen season. You've one. seen season two. Yes. Okay, I have to admit, like, um, I mean, season one was kind of lukewarm to me, but this trailer, I gotta admit, like, it actually has it's, it's sparked my interest again so i might have to go back to season two I don't know. you should season two is probably I, I think i like season two better than i like season one i you? really uh, like season two a yeah. lot okay so season all right two, they get thrown back in time so they're in like the 60s in the 60s in yeah, dallas they're in the 60s and then they're mm. five ends up back there and he's trying to find them all and you learn more about five's background too so very cool really good yeah all right, moving on. The first full trailer for season three of The Boys has been released. Amazon Prime Video has dropped the full trailer for The Boys season three. The official synopsis reads, quote, it's been a year of calm. Homelander subdued. Butcher works for the government, supervised by Huey of all people. Bo but both men itch to turn this peace and quiet into blood and bone. So when The Boys... Learn of a mysterious anti-soup weapon. It sends them crashing into the Seven, starting a war, and chasing the legend of the first superhero, Soldier Boy. The Boy Season 3 will premiere on Friday, June 3rd. All right, here's the trailer. Let's take a listen. So, let me say it again, Cam. I may be a superhero, but I'm also just a man who fell in love with the wrong woman. Just a man who fell for the wrong woman. For the wrong but, one. But, but out of out crisis of, comes uh, change. Crisis. Out of crisis so comes change. Uh, so I spent the last year really slowing down, down and reconnecting with myself. And I am very excited for everyone to meet the real me. There's something wrong with Homelander. There's something broken. He's lost his fucking mind. Love, mommy, daddy, and I'll move. Oh. We've been on the straight and narrow all year. No killing soups, no drinking. Even follow Hugh Campbell's orders without strangling him. Now you're just being cruel. Or maybe you're not such an asshole. People have superpowers. But real power isn't this. It's the ability to bend the world to your will. That we could fight Thought the right way, but we can't. It's all rigged. We have to do it your way. We're all we've got. 
It's up to us. I think I have something. Maybe we can use it to blow Homelander's fucking brains out. What's this? Makes you a soup for 24 hours. You're gonna need it. The whole point of what we do is that no one should have that kind of power. For once, I'll level the fucking playing field. I show people the real me. <laughs> I mean, they fucking love me. By the heroes Soldier boy. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, it's certainly the, the boys, right? Plenty yeah. of profanity, <laughs> lots of gore. Um, yeah, if, uh, if, if, if you're not off put by the profanity and, and the gore, you should definitely check this trailer out because it's, it's pretty phenomenal. And, it's it's hard to say exactly it's hard to i guess quantify exactly how menacing homelander can be and and <laughs> it's just you know even when he's smiling and laughing i think that makes it even worse right yeah. when you know when you know how bad he is but uh keith urban's character um that's his name, right? Keith Urban? No. The actor that plays Homelander? Yeah. No, the guy who played. Oh, 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 yeah. Butcher. Yeah. Uh, yeah Butcher. Yeah. 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 So um, I thought Keith Urban was the country singer. Uh, anyway. Uh, Keith Urban no, is in the country. Carl singer. Urban. Carl, Carl okay. Urban. Yeah, I knew it was Urban, but yeah. So, um, yeah. So Butcher. Seeing him with those powers, basically, you know, uh, it. it that's going to be sweet. It's going to, it's going to be great to see that, that tilt in, in power and, and see how Homelander responds to that. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, be great. It, it, just like the umbrella Academy, I said a minute ago, it looks like they've kept everything really in line in this. And yeah. I'm pumped to see this. I, this might, this might jump to the top of my list. I, uh, I don't know. I I've noticed this about uh, the actor that plays, um, uh, Homelander, uh, Anthony Starr, I think, or, mm-hmm. or Anthony Starr, or something like that. Anyways, yeah. um, his pupils, they always seem to be off in some way. And it really? works. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but it works to Homelander's advantage. Like, it, it makes him look crazier. Well, like, yeah. Like, like, like they're like his eyes are glassed over. His pupils don't dilate properly. And he just isn't really quite human and 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 i get that all from his eyes so i don't know if i'm uh, unintentionally making fun of act the actual actor or if maybe they try to do that on purpose by like shining light in his eyes or something well, but i don't know it, it it works whatever it is we got the umbrella um, umbrella we got the umbrella <laughs> we got the umbrella academy trailer we got the whole yeah. the um the boys trailer. Now, if we could just get an invincible trailer, we'd have the trifecta. Yeah. Right? You know, yes. yeah, yeah. Of, of, of irreverent, gory, uh, non major studio, I guess, or major <laughs> comic line, uh, superhero stories. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you bring up invincible because, um, 
earlier today. I don't know if you ever watch. Uh, I think it's the um, uh, uh, Death Battles, Epic Death Battles on YouTube. But they actually released a brand new one today. Uh, Omni Man vs. Homelander. I won't. I won't. I won't tease how that goes. But uh, I think it's accurate. <laughs> I'll be all over it today. Oh yeah. So all right, uh, moving. I want to just say I haven't seen that, so I look forward to watching. Um, <laughs> I look forward to watching Omni Man just wipe the floor with Homelander. <laughs> I I'm not I'm not spoiling it in any way, shape, or form. All right, but we're gonna move on because we got more to cover. The full trailer for season three for All Mankind has been released. That's right. Apple TV Plus has released the full trailer for the return of For All Mankind, which is coming back for its third season. The next chapter of the story is set in 1995 and is focusing on the race to Mars. For All Mankind explores what would happen if the global space race never ended. And it's an alternate history where the Soviet Union beat the U.S. to the moon first and the space race doesn't end. As this upcoming season approaches, we'll actually see a new player... Enter the space race with a lot to prove and even more at stake in the battle for space dominion. So for All Mankind Season 3, set to premiere June 10th, 2022. Let's take a listen to the trailer and talk about it after. Here we go. There's a primal urge in all of us to explore. Some say private citizens have no business in space exploration. I emphatically disagree. We have a historic opportunity. The first mission to Mars. NASA's joining Helios and the Soviets. A three-way race to Mars. We're not going to come in second place again to anyone. We're talking about discovering life on another planet. It'll change our concept of who we are, where we're going. Black holes. Massive dust storm has obscured both landing sites. Years, even decades of planning comes down to this moment. We're landing blind. Brace for impacts. Being first is what it's all about. This is the resource that can support large-scale human colonization. Want to tell us where the water is? The survival of my crew depends on it. When united behind a common goal, there is nothing we cannot achieve. It's only the beginning. So I will admit, Austin even mentioned, he's like, please don't just badmouth it because it's not my <laughs> favorite show. But okay. Hey, 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 hey. I'm not even saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's acting like he's about to jump in. Um, there are some things I really, really do like about the show. I really, really like how they show that technology adv- would, it, would have advanced dramatically because of the technological advances in the space race. And the more we develop space technology, the more technology that is available here on Earth. So I really like that about the show, that they really integrate that well. And 
The most interesting thing about this trailer <laughs> is the Elon Musk character. The guy that says uh, being first is what it's all about. It's obviously a privatized citizen who's trying to, or a business, a businessman trying to privatize space. So yeah, that could be Jeff Bezos. That nah, could be it's Elon the Musk. Ver, um, the uh, Virgin Galantic dude. Branson. No, no, it's Elon Musk. <laughs> but I, I think it's cool because now we got we got the U.S. We got Russia or the Soviet Union, and we've got uh, you know private citizens all racing to get to the uh, get to Mars, not the Moon. Get to Mars first. I don't know. It looks interesting. It, it's a great show. I love the show. All right, moving on. Let's see. If we're going to say something, Brady. Yeah. Well, we've started watching it again, right? Um, so we had switched over to Lost in Space uh, to watch that, and we finished that up and. We picked uh, For All Mankind Season 1 back up again. And you're right. It is a really good show. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see where the rest of this season goes as well as Season 2, and we'll be primed up for Season 3. So, yeah, it's a great show yeah, so I, far. I like Season 2. Uh, I mean, there, there, are, there are some quirks, but I don't think the quirks outweigh the good. The good is quite good quite fun it's 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 like on the edge of your seat as if you're like watching like a a real nasa mission taking place in real time i find myself going oh man my heart my heart rate escalates i I don't know (laughs) like i guess my problem is is connecting with the characters and the characters i did connect with they made weird and they didn't follow like how i felt the character was developing and they just kind of took a left turn it just it turned me off on the characters and like i lost that connection with them it's understandable. My my uh, my interest is more in the uh, alternate timeline of events than specific characters, and not all the characters are that bad. I think it's pretty realistic. I think it's pretty realistic. Actually, went weird. Sure. All right, we got a lot to cover. We're moving on. Lucasfilm has released a bunch of new details about some of their upcoming Star Wars projects, specifically Andor and the Oculite. Excuse me. Thanks to Vanity Fair, we're getting a ton of new details about some of the various Star Wars projects in the pipeline. For starters, Lucasfilm has been developing a series based on Diego Luna's character from Rogue One, Cassian Andor. The 12-episode series is set five years before the events of Rogue One and is said to be a tense, nail-biting spy thriller. Apparently, the story focuses on uh, Rebel agent Andor, in the early days of the rebellion against the Empire, the story will dive into Cassian's past and how his home world was destroyed. The series will be a refugee story that sees people trying to escape a fully powered empire and him come to the realize, realization that being on the run all the time isn't possible. Actor Diego Luna expanded on this, saying, quote, it's the journey of a migrant. That feeling of having to move is behind this story very profoundly and very strong. That shapes you as a person. It defines you in many ways and what you are willing to do, end quote. Showrunner Tony Gilroy added, quote, his adopted home will become the base of our whole first season. And we watch that place become radicalized. Then we see another planet that's completely taken apart in a colonial kind of way. The empire is expanding rapidly. They're wiping out anybody who is in their way, end quote. In addition to this news about Andor, we've got details about Star Wars Oculite, which is being described as a mystery thriller 
that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era set 200 years before the Skywalker saga begins. Showrunner Leslie Headland explained, quote, we're taking a look at the political and personal and spiritual things that came up in a time period that we don't know much about. My question when watching The Phantom Menace was always like, how, well, how did you get to this point? How did we get to a point where a Sith Lord can infiltrate the Senate and none of the Jedi pick up on it? Like, what went wrong? What are the scenarios led us to this moment? End quote. Uh, when talking about this era and the Jedi that we will see, Hedlund says, quote, we actually use the term the Renaissance or the Age of Enlightenment. The Jedi uniforms are gold and white. It's almost like they would never get dirty. They would never be out and about. The idea is that they could have these types of uniforms because that's how little they're getting into skirmishes, end quote. So we got a whole bunch of information about Andor and the Oculite. What do you guys think about this? I, I'm kind of more drawn towards the Acolyte because um, like just hearing that explanation, it makes me wonder if that we're going to get like the rise of the Sith in this. And it's particularly in the fact that it, it's saying that like the Jedi, they have these very like these kind of uniforms that like imply that they are more like state figures than like going yeah. out, you know, the pompous. And, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like hanging around. They're like, peace. We're going to bring peace. But that's like, they don't really do much. Um, so I'm curious, like, I, and that's kind of how it sounds like to me that this is going to be like how the Sith right, like come into being and how they rise into power and probably not necessarily like how Palpatine starts getting that power and how he converts to the dark side, but maybe at least like the, like we'll get an inkling of like, oh, this is kind of how he turned yeah. to the dark side, like how he managed to slip past the Jedi, like where they didn't know that he had before he was force sensitive. Like, you know, that whole thing is like, yeah, how did they not identify that he's force sensitive? Like, how is he dampening that? So, yeah, they're 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 almost in a ceremonial like position, maybe. And they've yeah. become, uh, they've become stagnant, yeah. uh, complacent, maybe. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know. I got to admit the, the, I, I'm really excited for both of them. I think they both have very, uh, well thought out story ideas. And, uh, one thing I picked up on that in that Andor quote is, is they, uh, the showrunner specifically said season one. Ooh, in yeah, season one. So, so it sounds like we might be getting multiple seasons of this. So yeah. is that also the one where they said it was 12 episodes? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, a lot, a lot of things to be excited there for sure. All right, moving on. David Tennant is returning as the Doctor for Doctor Who's 60th anniversary. That's right. The 10th Doctor and Donna Noble are on their way back as David Tennant and Catherine Tate are officially, re officially returning to Doctor Who in 2023 to celebrate the series' 60th anniversary. BBC shared the news in a blog saying, quote, one of the most beloved pairings in Doctor Who history have reunited and are filming scenes that are due to air in 2023 to coincide with the show's 60th anniversary celebrations. While he isn't revealing too much, Doctor Who showrunner Russell T. Davis did say 
Davies did say, quote, they're back and it looks impossible. First, we announce a new doctor and then an old doctor along with the wonderful Donna. What on earth is happening? Maybe this is a missing story or a parallel world or a dream or a trick or a flashback. The only thing I can confirm is that it's going to be spectacular as two of our greatest stars reunite for the battle of a lifetime, end quote. Ooh. I, first of all, I was like, wait, it's been 10 years already? Because yeah, I, I know. I remember the 50th anniversary yes. one, which is um, the day of the doctor. And yeah. that was phenomenal. Because that was. we had um, John Hurt, Matt Smith, David Tennant, and, um, oh, I'm forgetting the actress's name who plays Clara. Uh, yes, whatever her name was. Yeah. Jenna something or other. Yes, Jenna, Jenna Coleman. Coleman. That's it, Jenna Coleman. Yeah. Like, that was phenomenal. So I'm like, ooh, it's the it anniversary. Um, and David Tennant and Donna, or like, you know, Tennant's Doctor and Donna Noble, like, oh, they were phenomenal. So, so yeah. all I want to see is I want them to just have Catherine Tate on it and just say, do whatever you want because she is absolutely hilarious. And I do not feel they used her to her full potential as Donna Noble. So I want to see her full hilarious potential. So, yes. So my question is, is this, this has to be an adventure from their point of view that happened before she lost her memory, basically. Maybe. Or yeah, maybe, or, um, like, that was the kind of thing that I was wondering. I was like, would it be a little bit of a repeat, like, with Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary, where it's, like, timelines cross and that's how they're all there? Or is it going to be something completely new? And, and like, I think it would be cool if it's her memory is starting to come back. And so it's trying to stabilize that again. And part of that, because she looked into the TARDIS and, like, so she yeah. has all this power. Like, she's not full-on bad wolf, but she's, like, yeah um -hmm. pretty powerful so what if that's how this all happens is in trying to stabilize her she brings all these she brings these timelines together oh interesting yeah i don't know it will be fun i'm excited all right moving on daredevil is officially coming back to tv thanks to disney plus that's right marvel studios is officially moving forward with a new daredevil series for disney plus with Charlie Cox reprising his role as Matt Murdock and Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. According to the report, Matt Corman and Chris Ord have been hired to write and executive produce the show. They're best known for co-creating the USA Network series Covert Affairs, which ran for five seasons. There are no details to share regarding any story, but this time we know it will be fully connected to the MCU. All right, Daredevil's back. So excited. This is my show. I connect with Daredevil. I connect with those characters. I'm so, (laughs) so thrilled to have it coming back. And I don't think there's really much else to say, but (laughs) woohoo. I'm leaving space for Brady because I know he had something to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we just finished Daredevil season three. I, well, you know, and they say they they hired them to write it and produce it and all of that jazz. But what is that? What is going on? <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I just saw uh, Jekka's Doctor Who shirt. So. Oh, yes, I, uh, that's true. I, I am wearing my Doctor Who shirt. Did, did you change your shirt really quick because we just talked about Doctor Who or did you just happen to have it on? No, this was pure coincidence. I, okay. I, I was like, I'm feeling Doctor Who. Okay, right. but anyway, back right. to Daredevil. Sorry, sorry. 
Yeah. So no, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's down the road, right? I mean, if they haven't written it yet, it's, 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 it's a little ways out. I'm excited to see it come up, come back though. And I'm also encouraged to that, that, you know, Disney has that space now for shows that have a little more raw content. So they can leverage that, you know, and, and they're not going to be, uh, not going to have to exist in the framework that was that was there beforehand. They, I, I hope they're given free reign to to do as they did before. You know, I I read another report on this, and they dis- that report described this as both a continuation and something new. So, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds it, like it, to me they're probably going to include elements that weren't in the previous seasons, but work them in, in a way that was like, Oh, this was always there, even though it wasn't in the previous seasons. That's what that sounds like. So is is this, is this going to canonize in the MCU all this? I, I I think it will, because even D'Onofrio said in an interview, you know, it, it, I am, you know, that character is the Kingpin that was, that was before. Right. So I think that I think it's going to canonize what happened before. Well, what it could be is it's just their characters in a new multiverse or uh, the, 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 the story. I, I, I hope not. Yeah, I hope I Bob, hope it is. Still muted, buddy. I mean, because it could be the same story, just slightly tweaked, the, slightly different. That's oh. why I'm muted. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was muted uh, on the screen. Um, they can only go so far with this whole multiverse thing, and if they go too far with it, it's going to really start upsetting fans. Yeah. Um, so they need to either say this is in the MCU or it's not in the MCU, and that's that. Yeah. I, honestly, they uh, they really frustrate a lot of people with the Netflix shows, the Hulu shows, the freeform shows and um, the ABC shows and basically saying, Hey, it's all connected. And then three or four years later saying, you know what? Whatever, man. Yeah. Six, one, six all the way, which I personally think our universe should have been called five, one, five, because that's the area code of uh, Des Moines, Iowa, where I'm from. (laughs) Anyways, All right, moving on. A new deal will allow Marvel Studios to keep using Stan Lee's likeness moving forward. That's right. Marvel Studios has made a deal with Genius Brands and POW Entertainment that allow them to use the name and likeness of Marvel Comics legend Stan Lee for the next 20 years. According to the terms of the deal... Marvel Studios has acquired rights to use Stan Lee's name, voice, likeness, and signature in movies and television projects, as well as use images, existing footage, and existing audio recordings featuring Stan. Exclusive rights to use Stan Lee's name, voice, likeness, and signature in theme parks, water parks, cruise lines, and in park merchandise were included for Disney Parks experiences and products as part of the deal. I mean, I think that's great. I, I, I mean, Stan Lee, I mean, Marvel is Stan Lee. 
yeah. you know, the, the Genesis. So I think, I think it makes sense as long as we don't end up with some kind of weird, like AI. Or, I, I, mean, I think know, we're going to get that though. I think we're going to yeah. get that. Why would we not get that? Why would they pay to, to, to use it? As long as it's not like a weird Tarkin version, right? You know, I mean, Tarkin wasn't that bad. You take that back. A horrible Tarkin version. No, um, the, uh, no, I mean, but I mean, you know, you know, caricatures. I, I, I and, will and, accept. And, I will accept uh, season two finale, Luke Skywalker from The Mandalorian. That was eh, they fixed it in season three. But it just further illustrates my point, right? That it can be weird, right? I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. And oh yeah, the way, yeah. They did, the way they did Egon was amazing. Perfect. Right? You know, oh, but it was um, perfect. But. You know, oh, spoiler. Um, no. <laughs> the, uh, That's a spoiler. I think there's been enough distance, but but you get what I'm saying. I mean, I I personally think it'd be great to have, you know, merchandise and you know branding and that kind of thing. You know, caricatures, voice. You know, you can do so much deep fakes now and everything. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, it'd be great, right? But um, I think it only makes sense. I mean. I, I thought this was a given, right? The the fact that they had to work that out is a little more surprising to me than the than the fact that they did. You know, the only thing I uh, don't like about this is um, Stan Lee. Uh, he he signed a contract that basically said uh, something along the lines of um, any anything that uh, anything that isn't specifically Marvel related, but is, um, you know, kind of associated with Marvel. Like I, I'm signing that over to uh, uh, genius brands. And so, so they took that as his likeness. And so after Stanley died, apparently Stanley's daughter tried to fight to break that contract. Um, and, but she lost it in court. And so, so I don't think uh, Stanley's family is really getting any of any of this money. Uh, well, and there was well, some yeah, question was about, his, about, that, yeah. about his about um, his capacity at that point too, wasn't there? When he made that? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think there. I think there was some contention about whether he was of sound mind yeah. to make that decision at the time. But if they get Stanley, then I swear, when Bruce Campbell's gone, they better get him too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we 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 got a lot more to talk about Jurassic Park style, so let's jump into it. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the park. And that bell means it is time for our main event. Jurassic Rewind! I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica. I've spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve. Our attractions will drive kids out of their minds. What kind of park is this? It's right up your alley. How can you know anything about an extinct ecosystem? How could you ever assume that you can control it? 
Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Life will not be contained. Life breaks free, painfully, maybe even dangerously. shout out to all you super nerds who have subscribed to the podcast we really really appreciate you help us get the word out and tell a friend about the podcast and i want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not seen if you've not done so already come on do it you'll get plus 10 nerd xp nerd xp all right so we're talking all the jurassic park all the jurassic world films to prepare for jurassic world dominion which is being described as the avengers endgame of the jurassic franchise we're getting we're getting all the jurassic park original characters back we're getting all jurassic world characters i'm excited for this i got to admit we uh we had a jurassic park in world super marathon we actually did it i didn't think we would we actually watched every single jurassic park and jurassic world film and we actually started watching a little bit of uh camp cretaceous the jurassic oh, yeah. world netflix cartoon with our kiddos <laughs> my, my kids watched the whole thing and they loved it i've seen bits and pieces of it the kids were like let's watch Camp Cretaceous. And so I finally realized, I'm like, okay, I'll watch it with you. And then Austin's like, I'm going to watch it too. (laughs) I think I've watched like the first two episodes of Camp Cretaceous. And then, I don't know. It's so the, like all the movies following Jurassic Park (laughs) have been a real test of my biologist patience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) And... (laughs) And so it's one of those things that, like, I just remember my dad when we'd be watching, like, movies with computers and he's just sitting there. He's like, nope, that's not how it is. Nope, that's not how it is. That's how I am with the Jurassic Park movies. I'm like, sure. Animal behavior. They just, yep, nope, nope, nope kind of thing. So, but, you know, I'm just like, it'll be fun. But yeah, Yeah. especially like, oh, that one took my biology and zookeeper fields and, like, threw them in the mud. (laughs) Part of my issue with Camp Cretaceous is that there is no rescue parties for people left on the island. None. Zero whatsoever. And I'm like, how? How is there no rescue parties happening? So, And for me with Camp Cretaceous, it was you have these known predatory animals that will eat a human when they see them, and they have the minimal security that a child can get in there. And I'm just like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, sure. children, it's like 
I'm just gonna so, so this, and these children they're not falling into the enclosures they are going through doors and like this yes. keeper doors yeah. and that's where i was like nope sorry this this is this is, what, this is this is the conclusion i came to because prior prior to doing this marathon you know i i was in love with the first jurassic park film i actually really enjoyed uh probably jurassic world the first one quite a bit um because it's so similar to the first jurassic park film but um, but what I kind of realized uh, through this marathon is that I I I found myself realizing I shouldn't be thinking about these things as a a real dinosaur film. What would happen if dinosaurs were really on the earth? And instead, just think of them as a a monster movie. And yeah, and. And part of the part of the thing that helped me come to that conclusion was just watching and listening to my kids scream, scream in terror, <laughs> sometimes cry, and they they cried for my entertainment. But I also was a good dad, and you know, <laughs> told them to go. Told, told I also I was also a good dad and told them to go see mom. <laughs> It's interesting, Austin, you bring up something because to me, I feel like Jurassic Park and The Lost World were dinosaur movies. And then everything after that are monster movies. I, I actually, um, it was again, you know, I, I was watching other TV shows and I was like, oh, I need to watch a Jurassic Park movie. So I picked my least favorite one, which is Jurassic Park 3. And I oh yeah, because I was like, I think hey, that's everybody's least favorite one. Yeah, we just watched that like, one on Saturday. Oh, terrible! Let's, I'm like, let's set our low expectations right now. So I rewatched it, and I was like, yep, just as terrible as I remembered. I uh, <laughs> it was my first time yeah. watching it. I had avoided it so far. <laughs> yeah, in that movie, like the big baddie is the Spinosaurus. Yeah. Right? And even yeah. then, I was like, the Spinosaurus is an actual dinosaur, but they made it a monster. Dinosaur. You know, they made it a monster, even though it's like you know, because Jurassic World, they're like, their their big baddie is like you know a is like a genetic experiment, so it is a monster. J- Jurassic Park yeah. three is palpable and slightly enjoyable when watched in a marathon because the bad taste doesn't linger very long. <laughs> yeah, so, no, mm-hmm. so it, it's so it can't it can't it can't it can't it can be watched but I recommend in marathon form. So <laughs> yeah, I think like Jurassic world. So, so for me, cause I, I think we sometimes like to do this. So I'm just going to start it. But if I was to rank the movies so far, number one is Jurassic park. Number two is lost world. Number three is Jurassic world. And then for me, number four is Jurassic world fallen kingdom. And then Jurassic mm-hmm. park three at the very bottom. And the thing I liked about Jurassic world was showing, even if that was very inaccurate the training like that was the part i really liked was like so, in, in which movie jurassic world sorry jurassic world when chris okay. pratt's mm-hmm. character is trained oh yeah, yeah, yeah the velociraptors even though he's using the clicker completely wrong by the way oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely you do not use a clicker that way that is just you don't do it that way i got um, no idea how to use a clicker oh so you don't, <laughs> you don't click it like that so the clicker okay i don't, I don't know if you want me to get into this Go ahead, get into it, nerd out. Real quick, real quick. Okay, yeah, so when you're training an animal, you you want to bridge 
the behavior you want with a reward. So what you do as a bridge is you do something. So it's either saying good, good job, or you use a clicker. So the clicker signifies that the animal has done a behavior that you want it to do and that a reward is coming. And that way, oh. when they hear the clicker, they know <laughs> the clicker tells them, oh, I did something right. I did, I'm doing something that will get me a reward. So it's called a bridge. And the way he gotcha. was using that, and this is one where it's like, oh, they clearly did not go talk to the animal trainers that is available to Hollywood and Universal Studios. Yeah, well, I think, I think they were trying to play it off like he was using it to communicate as opposed to being a bridge, like you said. But no, that's the thing. You don't need it because that you don't need to use it that way as a communication tool. That's part of the cues that you give. So well, you give a maybe. Cue to, that you give a cue <laughs> maybe he was clicking. The and then the reward. So Maybe he was clicking because the behavior he wanted was don't kill me. And they weren't Thank you for not him. killing me. Thank you for not killing me. Thank you for not killing me. Please click, don't click, kill click, me. Click, 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 click. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, so so my my ranking, my order is actually very similar to yours, but with one change. I do Jurassic Park one, Jurassic World, the Lost World, then Dominion, then Jurassic Park three. We haven't seen I uh, I really liked how Jurassic World finally showed us what it would be like if an actual dinosaur park was functional. What it would be like waiting in line <laughs> to see the dinosaurs. Yes. I never I never knew I could wait in line for a movie to watch a movie about waiting in lines and be so entertained. I, I, it's one of the most <laughs> realistic scenes. You have to admit, they got it right, is when that poor teenage boy got up and announced that all those people that had been waiting in line for hours had to turn around. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> Come on, guys. I just work here. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that is true. Uh, that was, that was you know, yeah. what, one thing that really stood out to me that um, I had never caught before was, do you remember in The Lost World, the uh, the guy that hunts and captures the the Tyrannosaurus. I always viewed him uh, prior to this marathon as being like a bad guy because he worked for the bad guys basically. But, um, but in this marathon, I actually watched him and his behavior and what he did. And I don't actually think he was a bad person. I think he was, he just did what he was paid to do. And after he did what he was paid to do, he actually kind of did his own thing. Like he, he made sure that uh, the main characters were actually okay. He saved them. Uh, I think I can't remember who who was actually injured, but he, like he made sure like that that person injured got medical care. And then at the very end, when uh, the the bad guy lawyer dude who wanted to bring everybody or all the dinosaurs to San Diego, when he offered him the job, he's like, "No, I'm done being uh, in, uh, employed by the." agent of death or whatever yeah, so he, yeah. he was like he was just like a, a very honorable mercenary who you know I could, I could view him as a being a good person and so i bring that up because i kind of in some way uh want him to show up in this third movie <laughs> i want him to be there to be kind of like the muscular gun dude that's like the the expert when it comes to like you know, safaris trapping, yeah. with, with, with our main characters. I think he could actually be useful in a good addition, but I don't, I don't think he's actually in it, but, 
But I but I found myself after Lost World watching that going like I think I would want to see him again, his character again, but I don't know. So This was Amanda's first time watching The Lost World, right? It was my first time what? watching Jurassic Park 2 oh. and Jurassic Park 3. Okay, what'd you think? Um I I could have lived happily without watching either one of them. What? Come on. <laughs> the Lost World isn't that bad. I could understand. I, I will say this, like in reading the book, so I've started reading or listening to through Audible, like Jurassic Park, just because like this just thinking about Jurassic Park and dinosaurs, I'm like, you know what? It's been a long time since I've read the book. And I do remember my biggest complaint with The Lost World, both the book and the movie, is the specifically the book is the fact that spoiler alert i don't know um in the book ian malcolm in jurassic park the book ian malcolm actually dies but then they bring him back in the lost world with this like saying that like oh they were able to save him after all but no originally like he was dead and that was kind of (laughs) like like a long time ago when i reread it i was like man that was kind of like a cop-out because ian malcolm was like my least favorite character of the bunch (laughs) but I don't know, it's just interesting. Well, in the, uh, you guys realize that uh, Michael Crichton said over and over again he was not going to, uh, he didn't want to do another one until Spielberg literally sat him down and said, and offered, offered to make the movie if he wrote the sequel book. Wow. Yeah, and so did. he made the. That was the only way Michael Crichton was going to write the movie and the book. Or, yeah, gotcha. or as you were write the book was yeah. if Mike or if Steven Spielberg himself did the movie. So there's that. The other thing, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this because I've read quite a few Michael Crichton books um, from uh, Prey, and I know Brady's read that one, um, which I actually really enjoyed that one. Prey to, was phenomenal and would make a great movie. Oh, it would make a great horror movie. Yeah. Oh, just... Um, so from Prey to... Uh, to uh, Dragon's Teeth to Jurassic Park, I find he is much better at... you. He's much more of like an Isaac Asimov, almost, where he's using... He's using the story to tell the science. Or to tell... Not necessarily just the science, but the concept of the science he's trying to use like science fiction is supposed to be not not like a star warsy science fantasy he's trying he's trying to jump through a bunch of hoops to tell a story of uh, what would it be like or what are the uh, moral implications of dinosaurs what's going to happen if dinosaurs let's forget about how we did it let's just throw a bunch of random mumbo jumbo at you but dinosaurs what happens mm-hmm um, and the character development with his stories isn't usually all that well done, but the fact is that he doesn't write his, he didn't write his books in such a way where it was, um, it was throwing, uh, throwing concepts at you left and right and left and right. Like so many bad sci-fi does so much bad sci-fi does, uh, so my question to you, Jack, is did you have the same experience uh, listening to uh, Jurassic Park where the character development was kind of meh? Um, I'm, I just barely started listening to it. Like okay. I, 
I to to give you context of where I am in the book right now, um, Alan Grant just got the facts of the lizard, the lizard, the basilisk emiratus that attacked the girl Tina. And so he's just, mm-hmm. and then um, where I am right now, John Hammond just call, is has talking to him right now. So I just barely started re- reading it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think because I've read some of other some of Michael Crichton's other books like Jurassic Park, Lost World. I've I haven't read Prey. Sphere. Now I'm really intrigued. But yeah, I've read Sphere. I've read Congo, and then there was another one I read. It wasn't very sci-fi. It was dealing more with like editing tapes or something. I'm trying. I can't remember what it was. I would have to try to look it up. Um, but yeah, but I, I'll say like I felt like of all like and and all of his books, I felt like the characters were very flat, very little developed. Like character development, yeah. he focuses a lot on the plot line and the big like "what if this happened" kind of thing. And of all of mm-hmm. his books, Jurassic Park is my favorite. Um, oh yeah, one because I like dinosaurs so much. Two, yeah. I do f- like. I felt like he did a really good job in explain at least what I'm trying to remember because I did reread it like shortly after I graduated college, so it's fun to like reread it again. Where now I need even more. Yeah, I've read technology because um, biotechnology is a growing field now. Yeah, compared to like the '90s when this takes place, but um, I haven't. I haven't read Jurassic yeah. Park since the '90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm like, but I just remember that like. Yeah, I, I feel Gosh, like in science, like he did like a wow. little bit more in understanding the science to try to explain this. Don't act surprised, Austin. Jekka just said she just read about a fax. So, okay, for, <laughs> spoiler alert for those of you who uh, yeah. don't know, a fax is when you give a piece of paper to a machine <laughs> and so, then the machine does magic and it comes out somewhere else as a piece of paper. Yeah, it's like, it's, so, like, it's, it's like, it's, it was the, precursor to email the picture to an email you pretty much copied a so picture in, 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 okay. in preparation <laughs> for jurassic world dominion i want to talk a little bit about Dr- jurassic world fallen kingdom like the uh out of all of the jurassic park films that we've had in jurassic world films that was probably the most different because it really didn't focus too much on the dinosaurs themselves. It focused more on the people and and their behaviors. And we actually get a uh, admission that uh, the, the the genetic technology wasn't used just to make dinosaurs, but to actually make a clone of the uh, uh, the one person's daughter. Mm-hmm. And and so so for the first time in a Jurassic Park film, we get like the genetic technology almost being more of a uh, plot device than it's ever been before. And so with Jurassic World Dominion coming up, like what what do you see being played out in this upcoming film? And like, what, what do you, or what do you want to see? Like, how can, uh, like, are they just going to introduce like crazy monster genetic monsters all over the place or... Because because how many dinosaurs really got loose? Like if if of all the dinosaurs that got loose in the world were just the ones from inside that mansion, like there's only like fifty dinosaurs then. It ain't that big of a deal. But it implies that they've been reproducing. And like well wait, how long 
Is it like a few years? It's been a few years, right? Like that's the time yeah. between Fallen Kingdom and Dominion. It has been a few years, and it has been reproducing because the trailer shows yeah. Blue has a baby Blue. Yeah, baby and in raptor. a few years, like, and here we go, biologists coming out. Uh, in a few years, like, depending on the species, you can get either, like, a whole bunch of one, and then, like, you know, like, some may have tripled their populations during that time, some may only double it kind of thing. It's all, yeah. it just depends on, like, the species and, like, how fast they mature, you know, and all that. I, I, I want to see, because I am an avid hiker, I want just, like, a little clip of some hikers or like some people going into a national park and it's like there are raptors in the area so here's what you need to do to protect oh yourself boy. from raptors <laughs> if you get a raptor sighting here's where you need to call these areas are off limits because it's their known territory like don't leave food out and i, I want to see like scavenging dinosaurs you know like how we get like crows and pigeons yeah. and scavenging around picnic tables like the compies are like scavenging around picnic tables and people are just like shooing oh them away <laughs> I don't know. I, what I really want to see is how they explain the population floor. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, the the fact of the matter is, if you if you have, I, it's different for every species, but if you have like less than fifty mating pairs of any species, you're going to uh, you're going to end up with a lot of inbreeding, mm -hmm. and that uh, is that's, yeah. as uh, as we all know, that's that's bad for blood, um, and. I want to see how they explain how the dinosaurs aren't coming across all uh, all looking like they're from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> but dinosaurs. So interesting thing, because um, we just started watching Camp Cretaceous, and they they um, Camp Cretaceous is supposed to be part of canon, and in it they talk about the genetic development of the dinosaurs and how they're at a rapid growth and so that they're actually going to die off faster because they're supposed to age quickly interesting they actually say they'll die off um well they say that it's a 13 week incubation in the eggs that's pretty um, because that's what oh i'm like well never mind keep going um and but it's for the Ankylosaurus specifically was the 13 weeks and one hatched at 10 weeks and they were making a big deal of it. But he does mention that he had, they've advanced so that way they mature quickly and go through the aging process quickly. So I think that they've set it up so that way they also die off faster so that way they can bring in new babies constantly for tourists. Uh, yeah, but what I'm talking about more is the genetic diversity. Well, I mean, like there has to be enough breeding pairs on the mainland to avoid um, yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to avoid a catastrophic population decline. Yes, but also with the with if they age quickly and die off quickly, are they going to find each other enough? Mm -hmm. I will say, if they That's true. if they just open like a basic biology book <laughs> um, organisms that age quickly and die off in a short time frame tend to reproduce a whole lot more like flies. Mm -hmm. They, they have a short so lifespan, but they reproduce by the hundreds, you know? So like, will that change egg production? Ooh, yeah. uh, do you yeah. remember, you remember Nedry from the first film? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was trying to steal 
those embryos for a rival company. But it said they only had like forty-eight hours no, no, of no, no. coolant in it. No, 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 no. no. Just but, 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 so, so we've got from the first movie uh, a rival company trying to steal the the genetic technology, and then at the end of this uh, Fallen Kingdom film, we've got a whole room filled of like ultra, you know, billionaires who are getting a taste of dinosaurs. Maybe this next film will show um, that the genetic technology isn't being controlled by InGen anymore and that more and more companies are creating dinosaurs for their own purposes. And maybe that is how the dinosaurs grow in population and deal with the uh, population decline issue. But then Um, that would need to bring in some political aspect of it because at that point, like, you know, there are – even if it's not like full on, there's like government control over it, but like maybe like the government is trying to gain control. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, but maybe it will show that it'll, it'll be like another doomsday end of the world movie where like uh, you know we've got all these dinosaurs populating and going crazy and threatening humanity faster than we can, you know. Well, it's better than another zombie movie. Well, but but fast, they're they're threatening humanity faster than we can move it through legislation and actually, you know, enforce that legislation. Um, And maybe that will be the the commentary of the movie. Snail moves faster than that. I don't know. I I just I got a feeling. I got a feeling based off of Fallen Kingdom that Jurassic World Dominion is going to focus more on the genetic technology. Uh, I mean, what's, what's Henry, what's Dr. Henry Wu got to do? No, that's a good point because like in the trailer, like I'm just wondering, cause in the trailer we see Chris Pratt's character, like rounding up and hurting Parasolophus, Parasolophus. Yeah. yeah. Parasolophus. There it is. Yeah. I think I would know that's my favorite dinosaur. Just tripped over my mouth. <laughs> because otherwise the entire film is just going to be humans running away from dinosaurs across the whole entire globe solely like i'm sure we're going to get that but there has to be some sort of at least some deeper plot point on top of that yeah otherwise it's going to be kind of a flop because it's just going to be like another you know run away from dinosaurs movie here's something i would like to see because this was my biggest thing about fallen kingdom was when they're like we got to save the dinosaurs and i'm like huh they've been gone for 65 million years (laughs) i would like to see the old gang, the, the, you know, all Sam Neill and all their characters yeah. being that voice of reason of being like, they were extinct. Why are you trying to save them? Like they don't belong here yeah. anymore. We have the earth has moved on. And then the Chris and Pratt gang is like, no, we got to save them. Like, I would like to see more yeah. of that conflict. And, and, that's what was Mal- going through my mind. I was just like, don't save the dinosaurs. Like they had their chance. <laughs> and, and Malcolm chose to be delicious. Yeah, and Malcolm's character was in uh, Fallen Kingdom saying just that, so. All I'm going to say is they should have been arguing, you know, it's the dinosaurs' time, we need to bring in the mammoths and the mastodons, (laughs) and we need to bring those in for a little while, let the dinosaurs go away, and let's get in some new extinct animals. Yeah. And the giant sloths, because everyone loves sloths. I I think it would be cool to see a, a saber toothed tiger. That'd be pretty cool. Or a saber toothed sloth. <laughs> be cool for a minute. <laughs> yeah. 
while you're still alive. So, all right, final <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts on anything Jurassic in preparation for Jurassic World Dominion. I do want to say this because uh, it was like the funniest thing that ever happened to me in the theater. But when okay. my friend and I were seeing Fallen Kingdom, and there's that scene when they're on the boat leaving the island, the volcanoes all erupting, the dinosaurs are on the beach, and they're all crying, and it's like very sad music. There was a guy in the audience that said, "Aw, they missed Noah's Ark again." Ah! He lost it. <laughs> the lost it. Like, how long had he been waiting for that? <laughs> oh know, man, that's it hilarious! Was just, like perfect timing, just loud enough that like everyone could hear him. Like, oh, we uh... lost it. <laughs> I, I do want to. I do want to mention. Speaking of Michael Crichton, it's not necessarily Jurassic Park, but um, you know, we had mentioned Prey. If anyone else is looking for another good book by Michael Crichton, um, Travels is really good, and it's an autobiographical book written by Michael Crichton about his travels and his experiences, both in his youth and researching a lot of these books. It's phenomenal page turner. Absolutely recommend that. Cool. Yep. Poor Michael Crichton. He died too early. Jeez. I, I was actually pretty sad when I heard that he died. Michael. Yeah. When did, how long ago did he die? Let's hear. No, I'm like, when did he die? Uh, it's been like 15 years or so, hasn't it? Let's see. He he died in 2008. November 4th, 2008. Crazy. He, he was... Uh, 14 years. Yeah, so... All right. Final thoughts. Bob, Brady, Amanda? I think I'm good. I think you guys should go watch uh, Battle of Big Rock and oh, the yes. uh, Jurassic Park Dominion uh, um, uh, Prelude. Yes, thanks both for... of which are available on YouTube. Yeah, thanks for bringing up Battle of Big Rock. Big Rock. Most people forgot about this. Like like a year ago, uh, Colin Trevorrow brought out a dress like an official Jurassic World short film called Battle at Big Rock. It's it's really good. It's about, I think it's like 10, 15 minutes long. The production quality is just as high as the movie. Uh, yeah, that watch that in preparation for Dominion uh, coming out. Uh, but anyways, folks, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. What are we doing next week? I forgot to look at the calendar. <laughs> really, Austin? Minus yeah. 10 for next week points to you. Next week is Obi-Wan. Are we, are we doing Obi-Wan? Okay, we're Yeah, you're probably right. We're doing Obi-Wan next week. We're not doing Obi-Wan the next week. Anyways, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. Leave us a review. Wherever you are listening to us, review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, YouTube, or wherever else you find us next week. That's right, we are talking Obi-Wan Kenobi. So make sure to leave us your thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. Leave us a voicemail. You can also email us your thoughts to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can also... Send us your thoughts via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to give us a like, give us a share. But from all of us at Super Nerd Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. This is. Catch you later.
Wait, wait. This is the wrong theme song. 